Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 134 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you, and this is Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza... Uh, advertised on my Golden Bears broadcast all the way back to 1998, and they've been with me every step of the way. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu or the list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. The... Uh, Escott recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Texan. I don't know if that's because he is a fan of the Houston Texans. Everything is real at Royal. It's old school big boy pizza. It's none of that fake stuff. So there you have it. A week ago at this time, when we had George LaRocque on the show, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based radio personality, I did not envision the Montreal Canadiens firing uh, Claude Julia. Boom. Uh, they've made that decision. Uh, we just talked a bit about uh, this with Kevin Weeks, about the, the carry price factor. And as we welcome George LaRock back onto Oilers now, George, my man, uh, are you surprised that the Canadians made the decision to fire Claude Julien? Uh, no, I'm not surprised because the team, they weren't responding to him. If you look at the way that Montreal has been playing lately, you couldn't pinpoint to one guy why the team was losing. It was a collective of players. And the thing is, it was guy like Dano Gallagher. It was a group of guys that you never questioned the ethics before. And because of that, when you look at the way that they were playing, you could sense that they weren't responding to him anymore. And he had no choice to do this because, and, 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 and I've heard that also he's got the, the pulse from some of those players as to see if Claude was the guy to do so. And uh, he had to do it because Montreal is in it to win it this year. And when they saw that things went well with the coach, he had to make this choice. So tell me this. If Carey Price is playing better, does Claude Julien get fired? Uh, actually, uh, yes. I still think that he does because there's some decision that he's made with, with Dano, with Tatar. When he put Tatar aside, he didn't make him play. Uh, he he scratched him when he was the leader in team in points. He put uh, Evans in defensive zone play, uh, face-off when Dano's the best face-off man uh, in the team, and then they got scored against. There's a couple of decisions like this that, he, that he's made that, that, that upset veterans. And as you know, Bob, when a group of veterans, they talk to one another and they're not happy about the coach, it creates a negative atmosphere. And because of that, that's why they have no choice. Yeah, Price has not been playing so good. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, even if you would have played good, um, I don't think that, you know, maybe the last game against Ottawa, yes, Montreal would have won that. The Skitschuk didn't tie it up. But it's not... You know, Price doesn't have to be as good as before, even though with his contract, he, he needs to be up to a certain standard. But still, there's too many decisions that Claude has made that despite of the fact that Price played good or not, it upset too many veterans. And over time and stuff, like after a while, as you know, them, his message was just not going through the guys anymore. 
We're joined right now by George LaRock, Bob Stoffer, with you on orders now. It wasn't just Claude Julien that got fired. Kirk Muller, who was the interim coach last year in the playoffs, uh, got uh, let go as well. Kirk's a great guy. He's one of Wayne Gretzky's best friends. Everybody likes Kurt in the business. So we've had him on our show multiple times, all the way dating back to when he coached Queen's University for a year, back in 2005, 2006. Uh, how much of it was because of the power play was struggling and Kirk was responsible for the power play? And how much of it maybe was because they wanted Dominic Ducharme to have a fresh start and Muller had been a head coach before and he got passed over? What do you think about that george well first of all muller's been there for a long time i don't know how many coaches he's seen but he's seen so many co- every time a coach got fired he always got his job and and you know he was always there so he was there for a long time and he needed a set of new ideas and on top of that you know we all knew he was in charge of the power play and and how many years the, the Montreal fan has been swearing in Montreal because the power play is not working and the guy that was taking care of it was him so i think that it's just a matter of time that if you want to make a change of coach you need new ideas. You need somebody that comes with something totally new. And if Kirk was there as an assistant coach and you bring Deshaun, for, let's say, for example, things weren't going to change that much. So that's why when they did this, they had no choice. They had to, to really make something totally different so Deshaun could bring his own style because we say that they, we hear that Deshaun's style is more accent on offense as Claude is more on defense. So I think that is going to change the dynamic of the team a bit, which you know, the team has been scoring lots in the first, like, six, ten games of the, of the season, right? So scoring so far weren't uh, something that I had a hard time to do because of the new guys that came in with good, good contribution offensively. But what I can't wait to see is the energy now that guys, they got what they wanted. Claude is not there anymore. There's new energy when a coach comes in. It's a short schedule, and I think that this will play to the team's advantage, to the fact that now it's a clean slate for everyone. Everybody start over again. They want to prove themselves. Some guys that haven't scored yet, they're going to want to sh- show their coach that how they deserve to play more, how they deserve to be in a power play, how they could be assets. So that's the good thing about when there's coaches. The past is forgotten, and now let's see what you're going to do now. We're joined by George LaRock out of Montreal. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers now. George, uh, we were having a little bit of well, – one more question uh, just on sort of – is Ottawa better than people think? And I, and I mean that because, you know, they, they had a rough stretch. Uh, the Oilers called off the dog. I mean, Edmonton went 4-0 against Ottawa. Vancouver went 3-0. But the four games Edmonton played were completely different. They blew them out the first game. They built up a lead in the second game. Neither goalie could stop the puck. And then they had two tough games in Ottawa. You've watched a lot of the Senators and the Canadians. Yeah. Is, Ottawa, is Ottawa starting to play better? You know, what's crazy with Ottawa is if Ottawa could, they'd play every game against Montreal. And if you're a Montreal Canadian, that's embarrassing because every team is pretty much beating Ottawa. And Ottawa, for some reason, they beat Montreal twice and Toronto twice. So Ottawa has really good players. They have good players and they have good young players that are going to be good for years to come. The big question for Ottawa is, as you know, is the net with Murray. Against Montreal, Murray is outstanding. He plays really good, which is, again, if you look at his stats and you'd be like, well, how can Montreal struggle against him? It's just that there's some goalies sometimes, Bob, when they play certain teams, uh, the confidence is up because they know they have good numbers. So maybe, Murray, I think it's more of a mental thing because 
Yes, he had the same attitude against Machado and the other team. Then Ottawa would have a goalie because he could do the job. I look at some of the stuff he's made against Montreal, some of the stuff he's done. You know, you'd be like, man, I, I wish for Ottawa they had that type of goaltending every game. But it's just that, you know, maybe sometimes when you play a team like Ottawa, like Toronto, like they take it more lightly. But again, if you look at Montreal, um, they didn't take him lightly because they lost to them before. And especially when they lost the first game, you'd think that they, 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 they tried harder and then they lost again. So that's why if you look at all this and stuff, it's a combination of the fact that, yeah, Ottawa plays better against good teams because maybe teams take him lightly, but also just know that, you know, the energy in Montreal just wasn't that good. But I will give credit to Ottawa. They never quit. Ketchuk is outstanding. I think he's going to be better than his brother. And it's funny because every time Montreal plays uh, Ottawa, they always a lot of people still talk about the draft where you know people were still upset why they didn't take Ketchuk before KK. And every time they play one another, and now Ketchuk the last game against Montreal, two goals, and he broke uh, Charrette's nose and stuff. You look at him and you're like, my God, who would want that guy on the team, right? So that's what hurts, you know, when the people do comparison like this when they play Ottawa, and they're like, my God, we wish we had it, we had him on our team. They have two young centers. You mentioned uh, Jess Perry, Kakaniemi, who Edmonton liked a lot in that draft year as well, and he kept on moving up. Like, at one point, he was going to be 10th. The next thing you know, the Canadians took him third. Um, so they have Kakaniemi. They have Suzuki. You mentioned Deneau's had a He's had a tough offensive campaign. He's an unrestricted free agent. To me, he's a perfect third-line center. But the, the Canadians, are they too reliant on those young centers, George? They, they, they have to keep Dano because uh, they, after the playoff, they thought right away. They, they, that's what they thought. The mindset was Suzuki was first, Kakanini second, and Dano third. And, you know, because of how good they did in the playoff. And now what they're realizing is that those young guys, they will be good for the future, but they're not ready yet. You can't put that pressure on them yet to be one and two. That's why Dano is still uh, so important to the team, and now he's back to number one center. And also for the face-off, Montreal never has the puck. They can't win face-off. Dano is the only one that can because those young centers, they're still too young yet. They're not ready to take on that load yet. So that's why, you know, you need a guy like Dano on that team because those kids are not ready yet. And, and, and it's normal because it would be so dangerous. Imagine if you traded Dano, your first center would be, would be what? It would be uh, Suzuki, Kapianemi, Evans, and then Paling. Forget it. You can't. It, it, the league, the way it is now and stuff, yes, it is fast. But also, there's good, really good players in that league. And, you know, it's good that Montreal for the future. They have good young guys that are going to be good for years to come. But the center position is so important. And right now, because they're, such a, they're so young at center, that the contribution for goals for centermen in Montreal is poor. And that's hurting them big time. So that's why you need to keep that. Even though he's been struggling a bit offensively, and I think that's because of his contract. Just think about that. He turned down $30 million for five years. Or for six years, sorry. He turned that down, and now I think that he would take that, you know? This is how crazy thing goes. Like, when everybody was signing Montreal, Montreal gave him that offer. And now things are not going so well. Is his value going down? This is playing his head. It's his contract year. You know, usually in contract year, guys have really big year to sign big contracts. So all those elements is not helping him, and it's hard on him. Total curveball, George. We're going to take this down a different path. Uh, besides Ray Emery, when you played, who was the toughest goalie in the league? Who would you know? The Oilers have got Mike Smith. He's a big man. 
Uh, he's not timid of anybody. He's in great shape. But was 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 there anybody that you were like? And I look, you fought the super heavyweights. I mean, you were the heavyweight champion of the National Hockey League. I don't know if any goalie even gave you a shot because they knew you could kick their butt. But was there any goalies that kind of said, you know what, that guy could fight? You know, it's good that you brought up Emery because I remember when he fought Andrew Peters. Yes. He went toe-to-toe. Are you kidding me? Peters is fighting a goalie with all his equipment, and you still can't can bring him down. And Emery was laughing at him when they squared up. So, yeah, Emery was definitely the best. But when I think of others, other goalie, um, man, it's it's so tough to say because it's so rare to see goalie engaging, right? So yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't, like, Ekstal was more crazy with a stick, but yeah. he wasn't really that tough. Pat Van was actually pretty good. You remember Pat Van back in the day? Yeah, he, he, a couple times. he opened up Ron Hextall in a fight pretty good one time. Yeah, yeah. so that's the one that comes to mind when, you, when you're talking about it, a bit and stuff. But uh, other than that, uh, goalies, did, goalies with all the equipment, they shouldn't fight. When you were in front of the goal, did anybody stick you from behind? No, 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 nothing at all. Because they, <laughs> they, they, they knew you. They, George, they, they'd laugh. They'd laugh. They'd say, come on, George, with your big ass, I can't see anything. And I would start <laughs> laughing. But, you know, no. And, and, uh, Bob, I, I, I didn't get abused physically much out there when I was playing in school. You know, I was. <laughs> I, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, at the same, and at the same time, Bob, uh, let's say that I wasn't the specialist in PP. So when yes. I was going in PP is because it was the it, it was like the black aces. It was like because it wasn't going well. Yes. So then they would put me in front of the net and stuff. But uh, yeah, I wasn't there often, so goalies were happy. Yeah, uh, there was a guy named Ryan Smith who was a really good net presence, and he was kind of on the first unit power play. That's just the way it was, and you'd yeah. get the you'd get the last fifteen seconds if they had a terrible power play. Yes, that's kind of, exactly. That's, yes. Yes. Last fifteen seconds. You're hundred percent right. I, I I mentioned this. When we were talking to Kevin Weeks, I said that Mike Comrie, uh, we were in Ottawa, George, and yeah. Mike was playing in Ottawa. And uh, Mike Comrie and Mike Fisher were on the other side of Daniel Alfredson. And Daniel Alfredson looked at me and said, just so you know, because he saw me talking to Mike, he goes, this is superstar row. And I look at Comrie and I look at Fisher and I look at Alfredson. And Alfredson goes, one superstar next to two guys that are dating superstars. Because uh, Comrie was with Hillary Duff at that time. And uh, Mike Fisher ended up marrying. Hey, who did Mike Fisher marry? Tori. Uh, that, that country girl. Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Carrie Underwood, yeah, yeah. yes. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Tori. Uh, so I just had to chuckle. But I asked Mike, I said, how could you let Ray Emery fight Andrew Peters? Because it was Heatley and Comrie that were on the ice in that line brawl. And uh, Mike's like, because Ray Emery was the toughest, might have been the toughest guy on our team, and he was certainly the toughest guy on the ice. And you mopped yeah. uh, with all. I, I know Andrew Peters does a radio show now in, Van, in BC. As I recall, you you got him pretty good one time, threw him around pretty well. He tried to hang in there with you. It didn't go too well for him. You yeah, did that but, to a yeah, lot of. Yeah, but actually, that's funny because I remember it was Edmonton, and uh, we were playing, and then uh, my cousin, which was Johnny Grumpier, was telling me, you know, Peters is going to ask you to go. And I was like, I don't care. Uh, Peters is, uh, Landy Roth told him not to fight me. He didn't want me to fight me because he said you're gonna, it's gonna let up the crowd uh, in Edmonton, so don't do it, don't fight him. So we're standing in a face-off and he's in front of me, and I hate when guys were asking me because I was like, no, I'm gonna destabilize them. I'm gonna ask him. So he's in front of me, and I was like, Andrew, you wanna do this? 
And he's so surprised because usually he's the one that would be asking a guy like me because he wants right. to make a name for himself. So he's like, Bobby's like, oh my God, what did I do? Why is George just asking me? He's like, yeah, sure, thanks. And then, uh, yeah, it, 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 it might have been harder to fight you, Bob, I think. Uh, if I was going to fight than that one, but I think he was very nervous, so you know it didn't help him and stuff. So it didn't, and he didn't play another. He didn't play another chef after because Lindy Ross was like, "I told you not to fight him. Now look at the crowd. Look at everything." And, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. George uh, Andrew Peters would mop the floor with me, but I would have been a Wolverine. <laughs> but thank you for that. Uh, that compliment will get you everywhere, and it'll only get replayed eight thousand four hundred thirty-five times in the show over the next uh, two two. <laughs> hey, uh, final one for you. I know you're a big fan of Darnell Nurse. Guess who is leading the NHL in even strength scoring for defensemen right now? Darnell yeah. Nurse. He's playing 25 yeah. minutes a game. You've always liked this guy, haven't you? I, I've always loved him because, uh, you know, he could skate like the wind and uh, he's tough. You know, he could drop it with anyone. And because of that, the combination of toughness, the fact that he could skate and I could put up points, He's a perfect defenseman. I, I love this guy. The development of this guy, the way that he's playing, he's a true team player. I love him. And a quick story with him. When I was playing with the Bulldogs, he came in and used to watch me with a 10 bits. So we were talking about that in the just room the other day, which is crazy. All, all things, uh, you know, uh, all things, uh, all, all things happened in the, in the past. And, uh, you know, and he came and watched me. I was playing with the Bulldogs. But, man, he's a great man. He's a great guy and a great player for the others. I just love his passion. He brings to the game. And, and hopefully he'll be there for years to come. Awesome stuff, George. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now. We'll do it next Thursday. Thanks, brother. Yvette, that is George Larocque, uh, Edmonton-based, uh, well, Montreal-based media personality, Edmonton sporting icon. <laughs> Brandon, you're going to have to cap that. You know that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a 90-second uh, timeout and come back with this day in Oilers history. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's out for Edmonton. There is a chance that Ethan Bear could uh, be back in the lineup, uh, according to head coach Dave Tippett. If that happens, the Oilers will have to make a move. Uh, you will know at 3 o'clock Edmonton time, I think at the latest. And uh, what would need to occur in that situation is William Lagason, who's currently on active, would uh, need to be placed on IR and could be done so retroactively. So uh, the other move is to move... Uh, Evan Bouchard to taxi. I would not envision that happening. I think the Lagason move makes more sense. To this day in Oilers history, brought to you by Dennis and Jason Laliberti, the team at New West Travel, back at the 630 Jet Studios, Brendan Escott. Back on this day in 1989, Craig Simpson pots a hat trick on home ice to lift the Oilers over the uh, Blues, not the Bruins, the Blues, by a score of 5-3. to three. Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson with the other goals, Dave Brown, Jimmy Carson, Essa Tikkanen, all with two assists apiece. Dave Brown had two assists. Wow. I know. Because uh, there was, a, I mean, George had a good left hand. Dave Brown was a cold but blooded assassin with a left hand. You'll have to watch. Uh, we're three days away from the, the brawl with the Kings. It was incredible. Uh, anyhow, yes, uh, it is budget day. 
in the province. The Alberta government will table its provincial budget this afternoon, expected it right around 3.15. Montreal, uh, check that, Mount Royal. There is a Mount Royal in Montreal, just so you know. Mount Royal political science professor Dr. Dwayne Bratt will join guest host Daryl McIntyre to break down uh, what he expects may be in the document after the 2 o'clock news on 6.30 Chad Afternoons. Tomorrow we are jam-packed. NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon, will join us for the River Cree Resort Casino NHL Hockey and Rogers, Elliot Friedman. Sportsnet spec for horse racing and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women working in Alberta's horse racing and breeding industry. Edmonton Oil Kings GM, Kurt Hill. Face-off show, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and myself, 6 p.m. tonight. Puck drop at 8. I'll join you, Len. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.